Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 194 of the Sophie Art Podcast which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things <laughs> and we are now one week away from Christmas well, this is the, this is the Christmas week, this one but this isn't the Christmas episode because what we're going to do on this one is it's a dump and doodle I don't even know what the topic is for this one, but I do want to say about something which is Lewis Hamilton and the Formula One Championship. So that's what that's going to talk about that a little bit. But so little Dennis is with us. So if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you'll be able to see little Dennis and Kitty. And also my desk is full of loads of things. We've got little penguins and things like that. <laughs> it's quite cool. But so we're getting straight into this one. Little Dennis, he's going to get us in. Straight into this one. Like I said, I don't know what the topic's going to be. But little Kitty and Dennis are sitting down there. And what we're going to do is, <laughs> they're sitting in this little bowl. And it's like they're in the waltzers. You know the waltzers when you're in the little thing and it spins? It's like, it's quite cool I think. I imagine that would be quite fun. What would happen if you spun so fast? What happens if you spin like... I wonder what the fastest that somebody's ever spun is. Like those astronauts when they spin, they pass out, don't they? Sort of makes you wonder why Why do we pass out when we, when we spin super fast? I wonder why that is. Also, what would happen if you just kept spinning? Like you never stopped spinning. So this is a dump and doodle. What we do on these is, I just do some doodling and do like a brain dump about stuff. <laughs> so one of the only thing I've got here is Lewis Hamilton with the F1. Also, what is there anything else? Well, next week's episode, which will I'll be putting next week's up on Christmas Eve. So I'll put that one up on Christmas Eve, and we're going to be talking about Christmas things. So there'll be a Christmas special. I can't wait for that. But this one here, I'm also going to do some colouring with these colour pencils. Now the straight, the cool thing about this is, I've got this pencil case full of coloured pencils. And the thing is, these coloured pencils are from 19... They're about 1996. 1994, 95, 96. Because these are actually the coloured pencils that I used in the 90s when I was started doing some Formula 1 that's quite cool Formula 1 car drawings and I'm going to talk about Formula 1 so maybe I'll do a little doodle of some F1 cars but I just thought it was cool how I've still got these pencils so these pencils have come with me throughout my whole life I would say these are probably one of the only few things I've still got that I from the 90s which I like that and, and they're still like they still work and stuff, which is quite amazing. So I'm gonna add a little bit of colour to these if I remember. But let's let's get started by talking about Formula One. So I'm a massive Formula One fan, and I've been I've been in, well. The first race I ever watched was actually 1994, the San Marino Grand Prix, which was the one when Ayrton Senna got killed. Because on the Saturday, Roland Ratzenberger had died. And then on the, on the Sunday, 
Earth and Senna died as well. And then what happened was, well, I've said about this before, I think, on the podcast. For some strange reason, reason I got incredibly emotional. As if... It was as if I knew Ayrton Senna. I don't even know if that's the right way to describe it, but it's like Senna died and it just affected me way more than it should have done because I had never really watched Formula 1 before that. So it it made me feel as if somehow in another life or something, (laughs) maybe like I I was somehow connected to Senna or something. But Senna had this amazing quote which was, Racing is in my blood, it is part of me, it is who I am. And the thing was, I thought about Senna this weekend. Because what I thought, what well, Senna was like one of these drivers who, he would rather crash with you than settle for second. Now Lewis Hamilton, his hero was actually Ayrton Senna. But Lewis is a much more sort of a, I would say like a gentleman. But he's super aggressive as well. So he's very aggressive, but he's also very, like, he... Basically, you've got Max Verstappen, who is very much like an extreme Senna. He will... Jos No, Jos Verstappen. He, I used to watch Jos Verstappen in the 90s. I used to love him in his little orange arrows. But Max Verstappen is... He will go for a gap, even if there's not really a gap there... He will like sort of make a gap out of nothing and he will say, look, you're going to let me through or we're going to crash. Whereas, whereas Lewis Hamilton, he will, he will, Lewis Hamilton, I think is a lot more intelligent because he will he'll create, he'll somehow create a gap and then go for it. But he will also not, he's a very fair and clean racer, but he's also super aggressive. But then you've got Max, who's super aggressive, but just more sort of, ruthless I suppose and at the end of the day I suppose that did actually win him the championship or did it because what happened was this is weird but I'm if you knew me I'm a very sort of quiet person really I suppose I, I don't really show super amount of emotions around people but the thing was when Formula One's on and it was like this right from the beginning Formula One does something to me because it gets me excited and screaming and shouting and so on Sunday I was absolutely screaming and shouting because what happened was it was the last race of the season and it was a title fight between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton now I'm a, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan but I'm first and foremost a Formula 1 fan and what happened was on the last well basically Lewis Hamilton had dominated the race really he'd been brilliant he was going to be world champion because they were tied on points as well. So, but then what happened was, right at the end, Latifi crashes. One of the other drivers, they bring out a safety car, and then what happens is you've got one lap to go. Max Verstappen's got fresh tyres on, and I do believe that the the FIA, the people who run the sport, basically fixed the race. Now I, I don't agree with that. One of the things I said before the start of the race was. I just, I don't mind who wins. I I wanted Lewis Hamilton to win because he's my favourite driver. But if Max Verstappen won, I I was going to be happy with that because they're both amazing drivers. It's just I didn't want, I because I thought they were going to crash into each other. I thought Max was actually going to crash into Lewis, 
and I didn't want that to happen because then if he had won like that it would have been like 1994 all over again when Schumacher crashed into Damon Hill. So I thought, all right, that doesn't happen. And all I said at the start to myself was, please let it be a clean fight. And it wasn't, because the FIA basically gifted the victory to Max. Max Verstappen still had to go for the move, pull off the move, but he was on clean, he was on fresh tyres. So it was almost like he was, he was at a massive advantage. But the thing was, we still had this amazing battle between them, fighting for the lead on the last lap, or the last race of the season, <laughs> for the championship. But I I was screaming and shouting, and I was shouting like, this is bullshit. I was like shouting that, and then I was banging the table, and then I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I'm emotional here. Like I've, I, I haven't been that emotional for years. And then it, it, was, it was as if I, I don't know, it's almost as if you become possessed in like a positive way, I suppose, with this emotion. And I, and I see it all the time with, especially sports. Sports seems to have this ability to sort of take over you. So I wonder what is going on there. Now, I, I think of so many things. I think if, pe if people could put that amount of energy into things that really matter, because let's be honest, sport doesn't really matter. In the moment, it feels like it does, but it doesn't. So if, if you could put that amount of energy and passion into something that's important, like freedom, <laughs> fighting for freedom, imagine how like powerful that would be. That, that was one thing I thought. The other thing was, in the middle of that, because I started crying, because it, it felt so unfair. It felt so unfair that, like, it just felt like they cheated. And... I just thought, oh, this isn't fair. And then what, if, and then what happened was, in that, in that moment, I was able to sort of stop. I put my, I kneed down on the ground, and I just said, I like put my hands together, and I said, thank you, universe, for these emotions. And then I just said, thank you for this, for this experience. And that was not. And then, but in a weird way, it was like, it was as if I sort of was able to observe myself. But I was still very emotional as well. But that's it really. The thing is, I just, I loved, this season was one of the greatest seasons of Formula 1 ever. And I've been watching since 1994. I don't watch it live anymore. That was the first race I've watched live in years. Because they actually put it live on, you could go onto the, onto the website and watch it live. Whereas normally I just watch the highlights on YouTube, like five minute highlights. So, but it was amazing, that, and it, it was, well, if that's the last race I ever see, I would be, that's quite amazing, that, but it just makes me think, it just makes me think, why do we get so attached and so emotional about things like that, which doesn't really matter, but the, the other thing is, it's going to be amazing next year, if there is a next year, Max Verstappen versus Lewis, I just hope they've both got cars that can fight for victory. Because I think they're going to be, they're going to be, it's going to, this could, this could go into one of these sort of rivalries that sort of um, transcends time. Like Ayrton Senna and Prost. Like things are legend. 
that could be what happens with Max and Lewis. Because the fact that they're both now world champions, Max is, I would imagine Max is going to be even more sort of aggressive now. Because he's, he's, he's won the championship. He can now just sort of, he's going to be a lot more relaxed. So I feel like he'll be more aggressive. But I think Lewis will as well. Because I think Lewis will look at that race and think to himself, there was a moment where he left a door open for, for Max. And Max, if you give Max a tiny piece of, like an inch, he'll, he'll go for it. So I, I, I thought to myself, because I was thinking about this a lot, and I was thinking, because I always sort of say, I say to myself, what would Ayrton Senna do? Ayrton Senna would have turned in on Max Verstappen and crashed into him, took them both out, and just let it, let's see what happens. And I thought, well, if I was Lewis, I, I, think, I think he should have done that, because I think the... Um, the stewards would have actually have probably given him the championship because it was such a late lunge by Max that I think they would have given it to Lewis. But the thing then I thought to myself was, because what happened was Lewis went to turn in, realised Max was coming up the inside and he just sort of like corrected. So what happens is, it's his natural reaction. And that's the thing, you can't change that. His natural reaction was to try and avoid the contact. Whereas if he had been thinking about, if he had been thinking, sort of, if he had sort of thought to himself, basically that just shows you that Lewis Hamilton is actually just purely going on instinct, because his instinct was to avoid contact. If that had been Max Verstappen, I think his instinct would have been to turn in. So in a, in a strange way, this to me even makes me respect Lewis Hamilton a lot more. Because you think about it, he's, he's, he's going to lose the championship on the last lap, having dominated the race. Imagine how sort of soul-destroying that must be for him. And yet he still was able to sort of race cleanly. That, to me, is why I love him so much. And it's the same as there's a, there was another driver. My favourite driver in the 90s was actually David Coulthard. He was a little Scottish guy. He's brilliant. He's... And the thing is, he's such a cool guy that he's still on TV now. He, like, presents the programmes. So what happened was, he never won the World Championship. He got incredibly close, but he never he never won it. And the thing was, in a strange way, he didn't have to win it. Because what he did was, for me, he was like the, the... He was like a gentleman. He was such a nice bloke, funny bloke. For me, one of the best wheel-to-wheel racers incredibly fast but I suppose when you look back it, it just it wasn't meant to be but you could say that he's more of a winner than anyone else because he's now regarded as like um, a, a really nice bloke he's got the respect and he's still sort of successful because he's still in the business <laughs> so for me you sort of think well what is success is success taking the championship at any cost, or is success, you know, staying, staying true to your values, I suppose. And that's it. Lewis Hamilton stayed true to his values. There was one moment, it was the 1990, what was it? It was the 2001, I think, French Grand Prix in Manicourt. <laughs> that was cool, it was. What happened was, David Coulthard and Michael Schumacher were fighting wheel to wheel, and Coulthard overtook Schumacher and stuck his finger up. <laughs> And that was the one moment, that's the only one moment that I ever saw David Coulthard 
like lose his cool, I suppose. Hey, that's cool, isn't it? David Cool. Yeah, David Cool. Thard. Cool Thard. He's cool and hard. Yeah, DC. They used to call him DC as well, which I always liked that because it was like it reminded me of the um, the Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast, because they used to call the Dreamcast DC. Talking of that, video games. So addiction. There we go. That's that's another thing. Addiction. I've, I'm realizing now that I've got addiction. My addiction is not video games. Is buying things. I've got this very strict and I don't know what to do about it. Well, I do know what I've got to do about it. I've got to sit with it and work, work it out. But the thing is, as I, I've said this before on many podcasts, sometimes you think you've got a problem with something, but you haven't. It's something else. So an example is, I feel like, I keep thinking I've got this well, I know I haven't, but there's someone keeps thinking I've got an addiction to video games. But the addiction is not video games, it's actually buying them. And as I've said, you don't have to worry about stopping yourself buying them. You've got to, All you've got to do is focus on not looking at new ones to buy. So it's almost like you backtrack. So you work... You work, the addiction is buying things. So you say to yourself, right, I can't stop buying them in the moment because it's, it's too strong of a feeling. It's almost like instinct with that. So what you do is you say, what is the thing that I do before that? Which I, and then you realise the, the thing before that is looking. So going on to like, there's a website called CEX, which has very cheap games. Like you're talking about 50p, some of them. So what I've got, I've got into this habit of every day checking CEX to see what new games my, my store's got. So the thing, all I've got to do is, because the thing is, if I look on there and I see a game on there for a quid, I will then stop, I won't be able to stop thinking about it and the next day I'll go in and get it. So what all I've got to do is I've got to stop looking at that website and it's much easier to do that than it is for to not buy the thing. So this to me feels a bit like temptation and desire, I suppose. So I am wondering, this is what I've been thinking lately. For me, it feels like we are right at the end of this timeline splitting with the new earth and stuff. So I'm wondering whether, because there's that thing in the Bible where I, I've not I've not read about it. I've heard somebody talk about this. Something to do with Jesus. He went off into the desert or something. I think it was 12 days. I'm not sure. But he, he went across the desert and the devil kept tempting him with things. And he had to basically resist all these temptations. And that, that, was, that was the sort of game or the challenge. Could he resist all of these temptations? So I'm, I'm wondering whether this is where I'm at. Whether what's happening is I'm at the point where I've got to resist the temptation. It's very hard, though. And the, other, the thing is, I love... I do love playing... I played this video game the other day. So, well, I actually... I sold the Xbox. So I only had that for a couple of days. <laughs> I like that. It's cool. But 
but the, it's PlayStation I love. So what happened was I bought this game called it's called Sayonara, Sayonara. Then I spelled that Wild Hearts. It's amazing. If you've ever played a game called Res, or was it called Project? What was that game called? Project Ego. Project Ego. Eden. Project Eden. Something. But basically, it's got bits of that in it. But it's about this girl who goes on like a mystical journey, and the graphics are all sort of purple. And it's, it's very much like a trippy experience. And each level, there's about, I would say, 20 levels. Each level is about between one minute and maybe three or four minutes. And it's all to do with the tarot cards as well, like the death and all the rest of them. So, but it's like, it's like she's going through this experience. I'm not going to spoil it, but the last level resonated with me so much in a very beautiful way. And this is the, one of the things. I feel like sometimes we get messages and the messages will come in all these different ways. So I got a beautiful message out of that game, which that's what confuses me. Because if you can play a video game and get a beautiful message like that, how can it be bad? <laughs> so so that's when I realised that the, the problem is not the video games, the problem is the buying of them and how it's very distracting. But I've also been thinking now I haven't done any I haven't done any drawing for ages. But there, there's sort of no real desire at the moment, which is a bit sad. Because well I love drawing, but I suppose if you haven't got the desire for it you can't force it. That's that's the thing. But I do I do miss it. But as I've said before, I think it's just like seasons. You have seasons in your life, I suppose. At the moment, I'm in a season where there's not much drawing. It's sad. But I keep thinking I've got to get that iPad Pro thing back up. Also, I want to apologise for for not replying to emails and comments and everything. Is I'm in a very strange place at the moment. Very strange. I would say the last few months has probably been one of the toughest. It's, it's very weird. I'm, I'm probably the most confident I've been in a long time. But I'm also the most confused. Which is quite weird. And I suppose what's happened is I'm, I've sort of lost my purpose. Yeah, I suppose I have a bit. But also, I don't, I don't know how to say it. You, if I say this, it's going to sound a bit negative. But I don't see what the point in doing anything is. Like, what is the point in anything? I can't really think of it. Unless the whole point of it is just to experience. But then, if that is the thing, like I said before, you can do anything. And no matter what you're doing, you're experiencing something. So there can be no right or wrong. Also, The Matrix comes out next week. I can't wait for that. The Matrix is one of my favourite films. I was talking to someone at work about it today and they said that they're not going to watch it. Well, they might not watch it because, because what's he called? Keanu Reeves has got long hair. <laughs> I thought, how weird is that? 
You're not going to watch something just because the bloke's got long hair. But I can't wait for that. So that's that's next week. I'm I want I really want to go to that, but I'm not sure. That is one of my all-time favourite films. That, but the thing that's amazing is it's coming out on the 22nd of December, which is a very important day. So de December the 22nd, 2012, was in the Mayan Canada calendar, about like the end of the world. And when I had my psychedelic experience, it actually said that we're inside of an inside of a, a nine-year time loop. And the time loop goes from 22nd of 2020, 2012 to the 22nd of December 2021, which is flipped. So it's like, it's it's the same but different. You've got 1, 2 for 12, 2, 1 for 21. That's the nine year. So I just thought, how weird is it that the Matrix, which is all about being inside of this illusion breaking free it's all about freedom really the matrix i think that's why it resonates with me so much how weird that it's coming out on the 22nd of december 2021 which is the end of the time loop i just thought that was quite weird and as i've said many times there is no such thing as coincidence Little Dennis, he said it's time, time's up on this one. This one feels like a very strange one. Sort of all over the place. But again, I've, I'm not structured at the moment. I just I just thought I'd um, talk about it. Because that's what's on my mind at the moment. Formula One, video games and addiction. Oh, I, I had a video game. I had, no, I didn't. I had a, a lucid a dream the other day. It was like a semi-lucid dream. Now what happened was, I've talked about this before, there's this there's this creature, entity, it's like a witch that comes into my dreams, my meditations and everything, and it, it's basically, it's like a, a negative energy that feeds off of me, with like a vortex, it puts a vortex out and it's, it takes my energy, so it looks like a witch. I had this incredibly weird dream the other day where I was inside of this big house thing. I went around the corner, there was this room full of loads of these witches. Loads of them. I've never seen that before. I've only ever seen one of them on their own. So this was the first time I've seen like loads of them. And I, in the dream, my dream character got scared. And then I woke up. And then it was only when I woke up, I realised that they were all... It was all that same thing. So I wonder what that's all about. That's another thing. I love dreams. Blue and pink is such a beautiful colour combination. Very nice it is. It's, it's weird isn't it how some colours just look beautiful together. I wonder why that is. And I also wonder whether we all see it the same way. Because like, somebody might look at the colour pink and, blue and brown together and think, that looks horrible. But if they think that, are they seeing the same colours? Because it is possible they might actually be seeing different colours, I suppose. That's it for this one. 
So next week's podcast will be a Christmas special. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about Christmas things, like Christmas memories and stuff. And, well, the goal is I'm going to get my mum on here as well. I did ask her this morning and she said, oh, I'm not sure. But what I'd like to do is just me and my mum talk about Christmas, really. Talk about, like, our favourite Christmas memories and stuff like that. So that'll be going up on Christmas Eve, which I can't, I'm quite excited for that one. Little monsters with jagged teeth. I hope you enjoyed that. All that's left is this week's inspirational quote. I wonder if there's any quotes in here. No, not really. I um, I hit my head yesterday. I was, what was I doing? I was doing something and I, I bashed my head into the into the bed, in the bed frame. And what happened was, I've not had this before, the, the, it's like, as I bashed my head, I felt the, um, it's almost like I felt the, the shock of it go right through my head into my teeth. But it was like, it was as if I felt the wave of energy going through my head, which was quite weird. But this week's inspirational quote, where can I get it from? I can get a book and, um, Oh yeah, I've got a book here called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So my mum brought me this for my my birthday last year. I still haven't read it yet. And the thing is, Dr. Joe Dispenza changed my life. With his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, he changed my life, he did. So I've got to read this book. That's another thing. I need to start reading more books. <laughs> Look, the serpent. The two serpents intertwined. That's two timelines. To me, what I see there is two timelines. Like past and pre well, future and past, but they're the same, flowing in different directions. This week's inspirational quote will be in it. Remaining in trance is important because as you align your body with your future and change your inner world, you're creating long term memories. No. I want a nice little quote. It's normally best to look at the start of these things. That's where you get nice quotes. I'll write this one now. He's talking about yogi masters and stuff in here. <laughs> look, he's reading his mind. Here we go. This would be a nice one. The, the Geishis, which he's put in brackets, great teacher. So the Geishi is, is a great teacher. So the Geishi, the Geishi's meditation teaches that he is part of the rock, not separate from it. The rock cannot contain him. To the Geishi, this cave represents a place of experience rather than a barrier of limitation. In this place, he is free and can move as if the rock does not exist. See, that's out of context. Oh, here we go. Take it from the backlet. By underpinning deceptively simple practices with hard brain science, Dr. Joe proves that the supernatural is in fact our natural state of being. Oh, I like that, look. That's it. 
The supernatural is in fact our natural state of being. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Da-da-da-da-da-da.